You are listening to Revival Talk. I'm Pastor Terry Bailey, and I want to thank you for joining me today on the podcast. Today's podcast is a recent message entitled, Four Things We Must Unlock in This Season. We are going to take keys and unlock these four things for the glory of God. Isaiah twenty-two, twenty-two, And I want to talk to you about four things, and I brought my keys, four things that we must unlock in this coming season of God in this year. Four things. The Lord spoke this to me about four weeks ago. Isaiah twenty-two, twenty-two. Let me read the scripture. The key of the house of David I will lay on his shoulder. So he shall open and no one shall shut. He shall shut and no one shall open. In October, November of 2016, the Lord spoke to me about taking a key and I took this key. He said, take a key and go to the strategic places in your life where I have made you promises Strategic, important places where I have met with you, places where you have ministered in the past, the places I will show you, and you take a key and you go and you unlock the unrealized promises and the unrealized provision from those places. So some of you remember we took keys all over the place. Pastor Zach will remember we went to Panama and we had three to 400 keys we gave out in Panama. And when we left, they were wearing keys around their neck. They had them hanging from their rearview mirror in their car. They took that thing very seriously. And in that service, the power of a demonic attack was broken on the Friday night during that time when we used those keys. Healings took place. And I remember, man, the Spirit of God broke out in that place. We made videos of it, and it was powerful. And I got online and said, this is what things look like when there's total, complete freedom that takes place. We took them to London, England, and I was preaching that morning. I taught in the school of ministry there, and on Sunday morning, I preached the message, gave everybody in that church a key. There was a group that came in. There was a group that came in from the United States. They had been there meeting and praying, trying to decide about buying a a place in Hungary to, to start a coffee house ministry. I didn't know any of that. They were going to go to Westminster Abbey that morning, and one of the young ladies in the group says, I really feel like the Lord is saying that we need to go to Fountain of Life. So they changed their plans at the last minute and came to the Fountain of Life. But I preached on this key and on unlocking those things, and I remember in the altar that morning, we gave a prophetic word, and I said, I don't know what's going on, but I see a ministry center, a training center, that God's about to raise up that he wants to use to train young people to go from that ministry center all over the world. Well, I found out later they were there praying about that and interceding about that, and God used me in my key to unlock what God was doing. Isn't God awesome? I'm always amazed at the Lord. We've taken them to different states, different churches, churches around this conference, and we've used them for the glory of God. And these keys keep coming back up ever so often. Ever so often, they keep coming back up. And the Lord said to me, he said, get your key and the four things that I want you to unlock. So, God's given us keys to open and close. Matthew 16, 18 says, 
And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I have a good friend. His pastor is Tom and Jane Hammond. You may have heard of Jane Hammond. She's a strong prophetic voice. They pastor Vision Church in Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. And listen, he told me about this. So I went online and I looked at it. And it confirmed what God was saying to me. Listen to what she says. I had a vision of Jesus presenting me with a key ring with three keys on it. One gold, one silver, and one bronze or dark, ancient looking. He said, use these keys to go unlock the more. As I waited, I heard him say, I want to unlock more in you so I can unlock more for you and then unlock more through you. I knew these were keys that the ecclesia, the church, would need to unlock things for the new season. Unlock authority. Unlock the heavens, the earth, resources, favor. Each key had a specific purpose. This means that certain things that have been locked up and inaccessible are being made accessible when the church rightly uses their keys. It means closed gates are being opened so the king of glory can come in. So I want to do something prophetic this morning. I want to take this largest key on my ring, and I want to unlock any gate that has been closed to the glory and the presence of God. So we put our key in the lock, and we unlock it, and we say, open wide, O ye gates, so that the king of glory may come in. I want to take this little smaller key and I want to unlock those doors that have been locked for you. Doors that God has promised you. Doors that you need to move through. Doors that for some reason when you went to move through it, it was blocked. So maybe the enemy tried to come and lock it. But this morning we have a key to unlock every door that the enemy has tried to lock. So we take our key this morning and we turn it in the lock and we declare that that door will no longer be closed, but that door will now be opened in the name of Jesus. Give God praise in this place. So what is God doing in 2022? We've declared this to be a year of divine visitation. Not just visitation, but divine visitation. In meditation and prayer a few days ago, I believe the Lord gave me some insight into this coming year. Several things, let me share them with you before we get into the message. Number one, this will be a year of divine visitation. I am declaring by faith, believing that God has spoken to me, that 2022 will be a year of visitation. This is the year or the era of the Holy Spirit. So we say, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come into our midst. We invite you to come into this place, to have your will, to have your way. See, we've not been this way before. Remember that word? But if we never missed it, we never missed it. We didn't know there was a pandemic coming. We didn't know that we'd have lockdowns and shutdowns and that we wouldn't be able to have church and that we'd have to wear a mask and that many of us would battle COVID in our body. And we haven't been this way before. But God has led us and God has protected us and God has kept us and God has healed us and God has delivered us. We've not been this way before, but God has been before us and we walk by faith and not by sight. And we are entering into a new era. If you go back to Genesis, I just finished listening to Revelation. And while I was listening to it, my 
my Bible app kicked over into Genesis, and I thought, I believe I'll just listen to that a little while. I'm over in about the fifth chapter now, listening to Genesis. And I, I began to hear about the Holy Spirit hovering, hovering. You know what that means? It means he's sweeping across. Glory to God. He's sweeping across. Some years ago, we were in, in Florida involved in some meetings with Brother Todd, and we had gone down to be refreshed and to be ministered to. It was kind of a, a conference, and Beth had a vision that morning, and she saw the Holy Spirit just hovering over that house, hovering over that. And I, I started researching that, and its creation was being formed. The Bible said that the Holy Spirit was hovering over the face of the deep. He was hovering what was he doing? That was the creative power of God being released. He was sweeping across creation. You said, listen to me. The Holy Spirit's going to hover in this place this year. He's going to sweep across this place this year. And things that we couldn't change, things that we couldn't make different, things that we didn't know what to do about, I'm going to tell you the Holy Spirit's going to give us wisdom and we're going to know what to do. And some of those unchangeable, immovable things, they're going to move this year. Because of the hovering power of the Holy Spirit. Secondly, this is going to be a year of demonstration. Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. These signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. God is going to demonstrate his power on behalf of his covenant people. I read this scripture to you last Wednesday night, but I want to share it again. Exodus chapter 3, beginning with verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Man, there's an outline right there you can preach. I have seen, I have heard, and I know. God has heard the prayers of his people who are crying out on behalf of their family, family members that are lost, family members that's not where they need to be with God, family members that are not completely doing the will of God in their life, things that have been a burden on our heart, God has heard our cry. And it's good that he knows. But notice what verse 8 says. So I have come down to deliver them. I have come down to deliver them. It's not enough that God hears. It's not enough that God sees. It's not enough that God knows. Thank God that he sees, he hears, and he knows. But in the midst of that, he comes down. He comes down into the midst of our burdens, into the midst of our trials, into the midst of our difficulties. The whole time I was suffering in my body, I want you to know that Jesus himself was right there in the room with me. He came down. He's no respecter of persons. What he does for one, he'll do for the others. Third, this will be a year of demarcation. The free dictionary defines demarcation as the setting or marking of boundaries or limits. It is a separation or a distinction. Now, I could preach all day there, but I won't. I believe that there will be a distinction. There will be a separation. I believe there's going to be a separation. I believe it's already been taking place. God's going to set new boundaries. And this is going to be a year of demarcation, a distinction. 
separation. I believe there's a separation taking place in the body of Christ. I believe the lines are going to be drawn and things are going to get defined. I believe that people are going to know who believers are because we carry something. And you and I have to allow the Lord to stretch out the cords of our habitation and expand our borders so that we can reach a world that needs to know Jesus. Let me give you a scripture. Isaiah 54, verse 1. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. And I love this. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make desolate cities inhabited. I believe it's time to expand our borders. We have to know our limits. We have to know our territory. We have to understand the borders of where God's called us because that's the place where we have the greatest authority. This will be a year of demarcation. Fourth, this will be a year of distribution. A better way to say that is provision, but I wanted them all to begin with D, a good outline. Visitation always results in provision. And God is going to open new streams of revenue this year for his people. So we have to trust God completely with our provision. I don't know about you, but I'm going to be blessed in 2022. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 8. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one of him as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. You know what that word cheerful means? It means hilarious. God loves a hilarious giver. You know what we need to do? We need to try to outgive God. We need to just try sometimes to outgive God. Sneak and do it. Don't let him know you're doing it. Just slip some money in the offering plate. Don't tell him. Before you get around the corner and get in your car, he will bless you. We're not going to apologize for the blessings of God, but we're going to be blessed in this church. We decree any spirit of poverty, any spirit of lack, any spirit that's hindered what you want to do through this church and for this church. We take dominion over it in the name of the Lord and we lock you up and we unlock the provision of God. I need a big key for that one. We unlock the provision of God this morning and we say that provision is going to be unlocked for the people of God in Jesus' name. So God has given us keys. I want to go back to that for a moment. God has given us keys. And keys represent three things. Number one, keys represent authority. Luke 10, 19, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Revelation 1, 18, I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I have the keys. That's why I'm here today. Isaiah 54, 17, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You need to speak that over your family. You need to speak that over your body. You need to speak that over your home. No weapon formed against my family shall prosper in the name of the Lord. See, we have to rise up with tenacity in the things of God. We have to have boldness in our faith when we come to the Lord. Keys represent authority. Secondly, keys give us access. Revelation 3, verse 7, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he who is holy 
He who is true, he who has the key of David. This corresponds back to our text in Isaiah twenty-two, twenty-two. If you read that chapter 22, God is replacing Shebna with a man by the name of Elikam, and the key is to the treasury of the king. This is our keys. And what does he say? I will give him the key of David who opens. Our keys can open what nobody else's keys can open. Keys give us access. Keys are a small thing, but its significant lies in that which it opens. Our house, our car, our office, our workplace. And we don't just give out keys. And your key won't fit the lock in my door. Vice versa, my key won't fit the lock in your door. Third, keys authorize. Authorization means you have permission or power by an authority or sanction. And God is authorizing you to pursue things. Believe it or not, this church entrusts me with a key to the church. But I have a key. I've come to tell you that we've got some keys, and they're keys of the kingdom. They're not physical keys like we carry on a key ring. They're not smart keys like we use our phone to unlock, but they are keys that will unlock the things that God has for us. Number one, joy. We got to unlock joy. I'll move through these quick. We've been weighted down with oppression. Many of us have just tried to survive this difficult season of life. But this morning, we've got to take our key and unlock joy. Tim asked in the song we were singing about freedom, who's tired? Who's exhausted? Who's weary today? It's been a hard season. Man, we've lost some people, people we love, people we need. We've watched people that we know be sick. If you're brave enough to just watch the news, you'll feel such a weight of oppression off even that. And we've become battle-weary. And what I've noticed is that a lot of times we get into a place where we're just trying to survive this season. So we need our strength renewed. In Isaiah 40, verse 28, Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. How do we wait on the Lord? Well, one way is we meditate in his word. Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I have sent it. The next verse says, For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you, and all the trees shall clap their hands. There is a release of joy when you meditate on the word of God in the midst of fiery trials. No matter the circumstances, we can declare, I shall not be moved. Galatians 6, 9, let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. We're in a difficult place today. And let me tell you what we need. We need the joy of the Lord. It's the joy of the Lord that breaks the power of grief. It's the joy of the Lord that breaks the power of mourning. Let me give you some scriptures. Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is our strength. 
Psalms 30, verse 11, you've turned from me my mourning into dancing. You put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Isaiah 35, verse 10, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Psalms 126, verse 5, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. This has been a season of tears. This has been a season of weeping. But I've come to tell you that weeping endures for the night. But joy comes in the morning. We need the joy of the Lord. What kind of joy? It's a glorious joy. This joy is connected to the glory of God. First Peter 1.8 describes this joy as inexpressible and full of glory. Hallelujah. Second thing we've got to unlock is hope. Now, this is best message. In probably five years, every single day without trying, she sees this word. Why do we need hope? Because the world today is filled with hopelessness. Psalms 42, verse 5, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Hope, listen to this, is the confident trust with the expectation of fulfillment. Faith is the ground of hope. Hope is the object of our faith. Hope is our ability to connect with God. Hope is the starting point, the incubator for power, miracles, and the plans of God. Hope is the expectation that causes things to change suddenly. Our level of hope affects the mind, mood, emotions, and our health. So we must take our key today and unlock hope. Psalms 39, verse 7. And now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. Romans 15.4, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning, for we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Psalms 119, verse 74, those who fear you will be glad when they see you because I have hoped in your word. So we must take our key and unlock hope. Two quick things and then I'll close. The third thing we must unlock is justice. We live in an unjust society. We live in a society where justice has really become one-sided. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the injustices in our nation. I'm tired of seeing it among what we call the ruling elites and the, the average people. And we have to, as the people of God, have to cry out against injustice. I don't want to see people suffer injustice. I want true justice to come forth in this nation in the name of the Lord. It don't matter to me what level or what part of society they're in. I want true justice. Can I, am I preaching okay? True justice. But I'm tired of the corruption that's in the world today. And I've been praying for true justice. And let me give you a scripture. Amos 5.24 But let justice run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream and then the last thing we need to unlock is simply this is faith you've heard the saying you've read it probably on social media or you've seen people with it on their car or t-shirts faith over fear 
But fear is not necessarily the opposite of faith. The opposite of faith is unbelief. Unbelief is different than doubt. Unbelief is when doubt takes it to school and it graduates. I unbelieve something. Really, the opposite of fear is peace. It is an attack on the peace of God in your life. Our, our nation is saturated with it. And listen to me. People make a living out of keeping you in fear. They want you fearful and they want you afraid. Because if you're fearful and you're afraid and you'll look to them, they can manipulate you and control you. Fear is one of the greatest tools in the enemy's arsenal. But I've come to tell you some good news this morning. What is that good news? We don't have to live in fear, but you and I are people of faith. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Insecurity flows out of fear, and we all battle fear at times in some way shape, form, or fashion. But we have to get to the place where we're a people of faith. Where does faith come from? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God has made provision in his words that we can be free of fear. Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Do you know there are 365 fear knots in the Bible? One for each day of the year. All through the Bible, do not be afraid, fear not. John Maxwell says, fear has a hundred eyes, and they all agree to plague your heart. One of the greatest scriptures in all the word of God is found in Psalms 56, verse 3. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. What time I am afraid, I will trust in you, Lord. 